Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Shell Podcast, where we cover the sacred creative process of engaging scripture with modern eyes. I'm your host, Bonnie Lewis, and with me is my co-host, Jeremy Armstrong. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Mm. How are you? I'm good. And hi to everyone listening out there. I know. In the ether. In the ether. This is exciting. This is our second one. Our second. Number two. Podcast. And this is another in the tech. So last week we had our first, if you haven't listened to it yet, is our first episode. And we went over what is Tim Shell, the writing process, why we decided to do it, why it's important, how we got here. And then this week is another in the text. And we're going to be talking about John 1. Which is, we started it with John 1, even though the book starts with Genesis. So we'll get to that in a second. However, that was your right, it's, but, genius idea. Um, and I was, well, I was going to say it's not John 1. It is um, God became a human oh, being. Oh, you're right, because we renamed them all. Right. Yes. Right. So we haven't chatted about that yet, I don't think. I don't, or, of course not. This is our second episode. This is our second episode. But... But if you, so we're going to hold up, if we're going to, yeah. if you want to follow along, they can go to timshelltranslation.com and buy it and then imme- and they pre-order it. Immediately they'll get a digital download. So if you want to do that, it's available there. Um, but yes, let's just dive in. Dive in. So yeah, I mean, you, thank you for the credit of the idea, I suppose, of putting this first. I do remember that and it was kind of like an email interaction where I was like, "Hey, tell me I'm crazy." Yeah, you did. But, I was like, "You're not crazy. You're exactly right." Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for both of us, we realized the importance of framing a story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, um, I think that there, there's there's just this this thing that we both have experienced and in our conversations recently with with um with folks and it's the experience of the of the 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 framing of the christian story in our tradition being the 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 opening the, the first page the opening page being the original sin yeah mm-hmm. right and 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 we will we we have a podcast on that coming up too mm-hmm. um because that's the next the next thing but but that's an interesting way to frame a story. And that wasn't the always the way that the Christian story was framed. Right. Wasn't the way that the Jewish story was necessarily framed. But it was it was this, the dude August, you know, the Saint Augustine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was like the fifth century or something like that. It was way it was a ways down down the road. Right. That this became, hey, here's our here's our here's our hook. Yeah. Here's how we really get them in. We let them know how horrible they are. Yeah, my right, um, the, spiritual director says He's so gentle about it. And he said, I believe that was first introduced as a way to serve empire, to keep somebody in power and to keep people coming back. Right. And it is just, and well, and it kept going. It's not, and this is, it was a tradition of the Catholic church for years and years and years. And then the Protestants, um, you know, when they when they the the reformation the reforming it was one of the things that we that we kept yeah. <laughs> you know um but we called it different things but the original sin idea stuck stuck with us and now i don't here's the interesting thing back to where we are here john did a tim shell thing didn't he he 
he said, here, let's, let's, let's reframe this. Mm. Let's, let's, let's talk about in the beginning. There's not an accident right. that John says in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that you said that. I f- totally forgot about that till this moment. I was reading something, I think it was by Rohr, and he was saying, by the time we get to the New Testament, this idea of God is so far removed from what it started out as. Like it started out, there's this God that wandered with his people in the wilderness, that was with his people, that dwelt among his people. So by the time we get to the New Testament, it's so different because now we do have empire. We have people in place, we have people that are like, I'm talking to you on behalf of God, follow my rules, et cetera, et cetera. And so John, exactly what you said, reframes it. It's like, no, 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 no. In the beginning and starts to make this like connective narrative through the whole thing. Right. For, for sure. And the interesting thing is that the, the Genesis one, in contrast to Genesis two, which probably came from two different, you know, traditions, um, Genesis 1 is very much a John 1 type of a yeah. thing. You know, it is good. It was good. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Is is said like five or six times, like maybe four or five. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and so, but the problem, one of the issues that often happens with uh, with us um, is we is we prefer to see Genesis 1 as like a science book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is how God created the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, he did it. All, here's the first day. It's what we teach the kids. You know, it it it's, we kind of... S- read it that way we interpret it that way however you know a john a a a a reading of genesis one through the lens of john is is quite different yeah it's it's a it's a what is the essence who it's a why of creation Mm, as opposed to and i like what you just said there how what is the essence of it yeah that makes a big difference because if we're reading as a science book it's somebody did this 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 what is the essence of it asks what's involved in it what's sort of baked into the whole thing what's interwoven in creation right yeah and so what you did and i think hopefully we did um and like you mentioned roar we um we saw creation through the eyes of john which is that it was a Christ, the, the first Christ incarnation into the mm-hmm, world. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was the, it was the birthplace of all things. Mm-hmm. The it's everything points to Christ and everything is indwelled with Christ. You can't really say that, but he is indwelling within all things yeah. because things were made through. Yes. Yeah, like and, everything. And, and we want to, and let's, you know, let that's, I think let's pause there. Mm-hmm. I think we put it like this. In the beginning, when God spoke, colors and textures splashed across the earth and his word manifested life itself. All things were created in and through God's word. It was also good. His word was God. Mysteriously, his word was also with God. He did not work alone. God has never been alone. With him was Christ, the divine messenger, the authority of every breath spoken on earth, the covenant among all living things, and the good news for all creation, where life began and where it will end. Over prophets, priests, and kings, Christ not only communed with God in the beginning, but he was and still is one with God. And then we go on and we talk about everything made is pulsing with Christ's vitality 
And this energy moving through every living creature guides all creation into the God relationship. This idea that the spirit, the Christ was in the beginning and everything was made through his essence. And that is pulsing through everything. Like that's how we're alive. That's how we're moving. That's how we find our being. It, ge- it gives me this, I- this outlook on life that everything is alive, right? Like in a sense, we see that in a scientific way. We're breathing, that tree is alive, these things are moving. But on this other level of, no, 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 there's, there's an essence to it. Like you said, there's something under the thing that's moving us forward. It's such a different way to understand creation. It is alive with the divine essence of mm. Christ. And and um, once again, this is not controversial. This is John, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, this, that, this, that this comes from, straight from the, the beginning of it, um, mystical slightly, but still straight from the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that idea is that if we fast forward to John, um, Jesus, the 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 Christ um, personified, um, mm-hmm. didn't come out of this evil place, right? Mm-hmm. He came out of a what I think Roar calls is he com- came out of a Christ-soaked world, yeah. And it was just an obvious um, kind of is an obvious incarnation. The world was soaked. The creation, all of creation, was. Um, blooming was fragrant with Christ, mm-hmm. um, and from that, the 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 clear answer was to have Jesus pour forth from that. You mm-hmm. know, to mm-hmm. me, that's that's a it's a beautiful story. And you we mentioned it. You you read it here, and I love the fact that you put the word good news. Mm. You know, in the yeah. first in the first paragraph of Tim Shell. You know, yeah. be, because it is good news when you start kind of understanding it a little bit differently than how we've maybe were brought up in a some in, in, in certain traditions and things like that. But the good news of Christ and Christ incarnate is that Christ is incarnate in it's everywhere. (laughs) It's in all things. It's in all people. And that's the original redemption. Mm -hmm. And it's the redemption that you can't get rid of. Yeah. You know, it's there. It's a lasting, it's an eternal, Mm -hmm redemption that started from the very beginning. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it, like you said, it, um, if something is, when you use that phrase that Christ soaked, that changes the way I view almost everything because I, I no longer can put things into neat categories, right? I think I was brought up in the church really believing this, this is sacred and holy and this is secular over here, or this person has the divine in them and this one does not. Um, I can't remember who I was reading. It might've been Roar, but it might've been, um, who knows? It could have been a number of people, but they were saying it was like, it's not that only certain people or certain things have the divine in them. It's that only some of us have responded. And so the difference there isn't that like these people are good and these people are bad. It's like, no, no, no. Some of us have responded or are even aware, right? Whereas other people haven't yet or, aren't aware yet or these different things. But when I'm believing that we live in a Christ soaked world, that has to change the way I view my neighbor, the way I do anything, the way I vote, 
the way I recycle, the way I, I mean, it's like the way I create, the way I write, like it changes the whole script. Cause instead of this idea that like, it's this bad place and we have to come and save everything and everyone. It's this idea of like, no, 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 this place is good. How can I take part in the continual incarnational reality of this Christ soaked world? Exactly. And, and you, and, and there's a couple ways you can do it. You can, if you need to, you can start there's the way that I see it that you can start with, with, with Jesus. You can start seeing the, the divine there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then hopefully, you know, you can see the divine in yourself mm-hmm. and, and that's biblical as well, mm-hmm. you know, and then when, yeah. and we are, we are one with Christ and, um, and then hopefully you can make the move to start seeing, um, the divine in everything. Yeah. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the trajectory of a God encounter. Yeah. It's, it's going to broaden mm-hmm. as opposed to close or it's going to include as opposed to exclude. Yeah. And I, th- and, and what, as like what you were saying, it's like, if God isn't the one who decides what's redeemed, mm-hmm. we take that burden on ourselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the humans. So we decide what's redeemed and what's not redeemed, right. you yeah. know? And guess guess who's redeemed typically when when we do it? Yeah, the people we want Someone to look, be redeemed. <laughs> right, people who look like me for the yeah, most part, yeah. right? Or you know, and when and when we take that burden on, um, it's it's interesting who gets excluded, um, and and how that you know that those the ins and the outs mirror, like you've been saying, empire mm-hmm, in some mm-hmm. ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but the but what we love about this story. Um, if if God is incarnate in creation from the beginning, that's good news. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? You don't get to choose. You know the human, the people around us don't get to choose that. Don't get to choose the the end the the end result and 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 who has access to God and who's um, who's on the outskirts, mm. right? Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And it's um, <clears throat> also this idea that you just said that like lit something up in me of the good news. If it's not good news for everybody, then it's not good news. So so if we're, you know, interested in a message where a few people are saved, it's probably not good news. I um I just so so much so radically agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it is just such an important mm-hmm. so it's such a lost thing. Mm-hmm. Like it it that if it's not good news for everybody, it's just not good news. Yeah. And, you know, when people say, well, t- well, oh, well, that's just so sad. Too bad that guy's going to hell. Well, you know, um, who appointed that as the reality of his, of, of, of what, of how God's caring for him, yeah. you know, or whatever it is, you know. Um, but I just, there, there's something about the Christ that pulls that power of, and, uh, you know, a th- or autonomy of the good news mm-hmm. that a certain people have. Yeah. And, just totally, completely um, universalizes it for, you know, it's for everybody, yeah, this good news is. Which I um, think, I don't know if we've, oh, no, we probably have, we've probably talked about this, but I'm my mind's all mixed <laughs> up because of all the episodes we've already recorded. Um, but, you know, a good friend of mine wrote me and he said this, and it has really stuck with me because I was not aware of this. 
but the phrase good news was so revolutionary. Like when we read it, we're like, oh, he means the gospel or whatever. But it, we actually, the writers, the biblical writers actually stole that phrase from the Romans. And it was an originally a phrase of saying, the Romans would say when they conquered a new land, it was always met by military conquest. When they conquered a land, they would say, this is good news for Rome. This is good news, meaning we went into this land, we took it over and it's now our land. So our empire, our power, um, everything we stand for, our army, our land, everything has expanded. So this is good news for us. The thing about good news. What? Go ahead. Sorry. No. And going. so the <laughs> thing about that, though, is that it was good news for them, but it's not good news for whoever they conquered, because whoever they conquered, their lives were taken out from under them. Families were separated. Um, children, women, men became slaves. Like it was not famine. It was not good news for everybody. It was only good news for the people in power. So oftentimes we say, well, that's good news or the good news of Jesus. But we're usually catering that message to a certain group of people in power. And so I always go back to that idea. When the biblical writers use it, they're reframing it to say, no, 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 that good news that you're used to hearing from the Roman Empire I'm reframing this because this good news is actually for everyone. It should never serve. It's a counterintuitive phrase. It's a, it's a jab at that Roman idea of conquest and military might and power and only serving a certain group and saying, no, 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 but this one is for all. Totally, <laughs> totally feel you. I totally feel yeah. you on that. But I, I love. I think N.T. Wright has a the, uh, has a book on the good news, and he talks a lot about it. And part of it for me has always been when N.T. Wright would talk about that good news being so broad and so different, and or so different than how we kind of have made it small. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> because it it didn't sit well. It didn't sit well with my tradition. To, to sit here and say, so, so wait, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. Are you actually saying that everyone, that good news is for like everyone? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, under, like I would sit there and go, I don't, I'd have to read pages over and over again. Mm -hmm. What exactly are you saying here? Are you, because I agree that the good news is not in my hands to dole out. Right. <laughs> I believe that it is in God's hands to offer, mm -hmm. but you're saying that this good news is for everyone. And, and it, I kind of feel like, no, I'm not saying that. The Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Paul is saying that, mm -hmm. you know, John is saying that. And sometimes John's language is a little bit exclusive, mm -hmm. um, but I've found it's exclusive in kind of more Christ language. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he's, when he's saying, I am the seven I am's, you know, I am the way, mm -hmm. um, you know, I am the vine, all those types of things. That's Christ language. And it just is very true when you look at it as um, Christ um, Christ incarnate in all things. Yeah. You know, Can you talk about the difference between Christ and Jesus? I'll give that a try. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will too. But I think it's foundational for what we're talking about here, right? Because we're not saying Jesus the man was in everything because the act of Jesus incarnate was a historical event that happened. So this Christ-soaked world and then Jesus incarnate. So what is, to your understanding of what you're like, yeah, this feels like something I can get behind your idea of the difference between Christ and then Jesus. Cause I think sometimes we think same person or like Christ is Jesus's last name, etc. <laughs> yeah. And 
um, my my feeling on that is similar to well so i when i was younger i was like well, what is this what is the trinity what is what is what's going on here yeah. and i kind of I, I don't know where i got it from but it was became to me in a very simplified form you know we have god the father who is kind of the, the spiritual head of other things and and then we have god the spirit which everyone you know kind of knows what it is and then you have God the Son, which is anywhere that God is in creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, it's a very simplified, and I don't really, I, don't, I haven't thought about it in a long time. But I still kind of hold true to the God the Son, which is the Christ, um, being the created aspect of mm-hmm. God. You know, th- and and because that's what it's because it's John language. Yeah. You know, it is. Um, it was there from the beginning. It is what things were created. It was. Things were created through the word, by the word, mm-hmm. and with the word. Um, and the word became, you know, you can say it became flesh, but that is just the, the it's creation in the incarnation of God in in all things that, that matter. Right. Anything that's matter matters and anything that is matter is incarnated with the, with the Christ. Yeah. Um, fast forward and you have, so, and let me... That probably ha- does nothing to help anyone, but it, it, it helps me a little no, bit. No, I think it does. But um, one of the things that, that happens with the what we going back to the to the original story of like the original sin and and all those types of things. So in since the Enlightenment or whatever it is, or just even uh, since the since the Reformation, Westerners need a problem and a solution. Mm-hmm. Or we work really well with a problem and a solution, yeah. you know, even as storytellers. Yes. We love having, here's something that somebody has to overcome. Um, mm. Eastern religions, not so much. And early uh, Christianity was probably more aligned with Eastern <laughs> approaches to things. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like, well, here's this and here's that. And here's the reason for this and the reason for that. And here's the, here's the good and here's the bad. It was like, here's this. And because of that, this and intertwined in this is this. And <laughs> yeah. let's move yeah, over here to see this. You know? Yeah. All these different layers, but um, what we did uh, uh, in the Western side church is is we had this original sin was the problem, mm-hmm. and the solution was the death of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that really limits who Jesus is in this world um, to this kind of a to just that single aspect. Mm-hmm. You can really, and most churches do. Get rid of the rest of everything. Yeah, you know, you could, you can get rid of the Old Testament. You can get rid of all, as long as you have the the problem and the solution. Mm-hmm. That's all you mm-hmm. need. Christ's life doesn't matter. Um, the goodness of all creation doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The indwelling of the Spirit, none of that really matters as long as you have the problem and the solution, kind of a thing. So it really kind of makes that that really small. Mm-hmm. The Christ is the bigger answer yeah. to this question. Yeah. And in it all, in, 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 to me, the reality is it's, it's the Jesus is the gift of the, is the answer, which is a gift, not a pre, is not a requirement. Mm. His life and his death are, th- are, are given there to me as a gift and as a way to prove, um, that death doesn't have the last word, mm. that they're actually, to me, the, the answer of Christ is the the fun the the finality of the original incarnation. Mm, so mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like it's putting those two together that makes no sense whatsoever. But to you know it, you, it's it's really hard to explain it because there's a lot of experience with yeah. that. But 
Um, what's your? Can you? Why don't you help me? Explain no, I think you did great. I would have said all those same things, but not as articulate uh, <laughs> as you did. Um, and in a very like the way, the best way my brain can wrap around it in a very simple, again, very simplified form, like dumbed down way, is that there's the Spirit Christ, and then Jesus was fully man. When he was baptized, the Spirit Christ comes on him, and then. That's what we see in his ministry and carry to the cross. So then when he dies, the spirit Christ, and then you have his heaven and then you have his body too. So there's, um, that's like the most simplified form of it for me. It's so much, like you said, so much more layered, so much more nuanced. It helps my brain fit things though into neat categories. One of the things we want to do in Tim shell is not fit things into so neat categories <laughs> to let it sort of, um, Oh my gosh, I almost just said ebb and flow, which by the way, I said that so many times in the book and Jeremy kept saying, you say this too many times. And I forgot to tell you this, my friend the other day, she was being so nice and sincere. And she said, she quoted me and said, as you would say, ebb and flow. And I'm like, oh, damn it. He's right. <laughs> and so of course I wrote to her and I said, you know what? My editor said, I used that phrase too much, but what does he know? <laughs> That's what I said. And she wrote back and she wrote, I think a lot. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of good to be had in that little conversation. It's so true. Right? But anyways, <laughs> like I want to make things, that definition I just gave is too simplified. It's too um, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so what we try to do with this John, which brings me to my next thing I want to discuss because it's like, for me, it's like the fundamentalist elephant in the room which is that we use the word energy in the passage <laughs> okay but over the years and like part of my journey of like deconstructing and reconstructing again was having an understanding this huge big idea of god that i hadn't before and this idea of the christ so we're talking about here the spirit everything being made in and through it, that creates a certain reality that I wasn't attuned to before. Do you know what I mean? I really viewed it as more of what someone might say, even like more of like a Gnostic reality of um, which the Gnostics believed in this huge separation between body and spirit. So in like the first century we see, and you see it in um, first John, actually that whole chapter was written against the Gnostics of the day who say like, that Jesus was a man, that Christ came on him, and then Christ left when he died. So they don't believe that the spirit died with with Jesus. So it just remained Jesus and Christ separate, not Jesus Christ conquered the grave, which would be essential because if Christ, the spirit, conquered the grave and conquered death, like you said, the finality of that is that that tells me that death doesn't have the last word in anything or in any one that there is this process of new creation and we see it all the time. And we, um, we can experience that in uh, spiritual ways in our own lives. Um, but then also that there's hope after our life here on earth. So when we, it made this huge big picture of God that gave words to a different reality. And so energy was this word that I wanted to use and that I was like, should I use it? Should I not? What should we do? Because growing up like in the evangelical church, like that was a no, no, you can't, you can't use the word energy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never. 
Um, it's too new age, obviously. And I, you may have even asked me that. Is this too new age? Because I, I was like so nervous about it. But um, one of the beauties I think I've learned, and I think you would attest to this too, and we um, talk about this in Tim Shaw, is that <clears throat> there is so much of truth that lies even outside the text. Um, and if we are able to grab it and see Christ where we find it, um, our view of God gets so much bigger. And so this past year, one of the things, or past two years or so, one of the things that really has grabbed my attention is a deeper understanding, actually, ironically, of science and um, like an actual energy that flows through things on like a scientific level. And so what's funny is that I started out with this science understanding of creation, right? This like seven day, this is how it has to be like growing up to wait, no, it's like a metaphor to, but how interesting that it was in different view, a different level of science that actually brought me back into a deeper spiritual reality. Right. It's like, this, like, absolutely yeah. for sure. <clears throat> so, the, and especially the, like with the energy stuff and I remember some of that, but I also think that like in, and, and, so within you and within me, um, we have access to this, to the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is the divine wisdom, the divine intelligence mm-hmm. within touch, within our grasp mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. at every moment. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. We squander it. Yeah. You know, we we don't pay attention to that mm-hmm. divine within us, mm-hmm. to that Christ within us, to that to the God available to us. Um, and yet it's there and we that's what the, the 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 divine Christ means to me. Yeah. And it's the it's the redemption of all things. And it's in in some ways, it's it's a call to, um, it's a, to me, it's a call to prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's a call to, to throughout our days, understand that, um, eternal life, everlasting life that was offered by Christ was offered because the Christ mm-hmm. is available to yeah. us. Yeah. And it wasn't just this thing. And sure, I'm not going to deny that there's like some hope for beyond, but it, in that Eastern <laughs> early Christian way, yeah. it was also, and or more about, what am I doing right now? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, ha- have I been just kind of going through my day? Have I been like, you know, just worrying about what the kids are doing, or am I worrying about like what what I have to do for my job mm-hmm. next, or whatever it is? Have I stopped yet today, and given myself the opportunity to be guided by divine intelligence, yeah. by the by the creator of all things, because it's available to us, and it's available to us, and we've we have had we had another conversation about this but it's available to us in our art Mm -hmm. that we create to give us direction it's available to us and this sounds trite but it's available to us in whether i should take that parking spot or that parking spot yeah (laughs) you know i used to be so against that kind of a thing totally you know i was like i think somebody got me like a one of those like silver pewter like coins and when I was young, and it was like the parking angel. This is just coming back to me now. <laughs> this like, and it was like this idea of like, if you pray for it, like you'll get a good parking spot. And I used to be really against that because that seems so small. 
But I don't think that's right. what you're saying. I think you're saying how we do everything is how we do anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And everything is so much actually bigger yeah. and more inclusive mm-hmm. than just a parking spot. And um, that cr- that creative intelligence that is the essence of Christ mm-hmm. um, can be speaking to us at all times Mm -hmm. and is. And the other part of that for me is that if it's happening, it's, it's meant to happen. Yeah. And that, that direction that you take when you take that parking spot is blessed by God. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so so to me, it's less less than like, Oh dear God, please give me this this great parking spot. It's more like, God, where are you in this process Mm -hmm. of this, me not finding a parking spot? Is it way out or, Mm -hmm. or, or the fact that I'm led to be way out there. I honestly believe that the Christ is involved in that mm-hmm. process. Well, <laughs> and I think you almost have to, if we have, if we want to see the Christ in big things, I think we have to get used to and understanding in little things. Like that verse where it's like, my sheep know my voice. That's how I picture that, right? Like I can see some of the big movements because I've witnessed, I'm mm. attuned and practiced seeing him in the small moments. Which I think does take practice because there's a lot of stuff. And we, you and I have talked about, um, too, like synchronicity and this idea that like kind of stuff like seems, um, oh, that seems like it's a coincidence or, oh, that's so funny. And yeah, sure. You can choose to look at stuff as a coincidence or you can go, oh, wait a second. Because the other thing I've noticed about when I see Christ and Christ showing up, like you're saying, is that it's also the good news for all. For the, for the highest good for everybody. So when something happens, I'm like, no, I want to choose because what I'm seeing here is Christ working out in the world so that it's good news for everybody. This isn't me, it's, so I get the best. It's for that. It's the good news for all. It's always a reminder. You're absolutely right. And and for me, it helps when I'm in traffic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I'm I could I can be pissed or I can I can stop and say. God is in this, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know why or how or when. And I'm also, you know, I don't, I don't love the idea of attributing everything to God. So there's, there's gotta be some kind of it's layered. Uh, ebb and flow. Yeah. There is this. so ebb much and flow, ebb and flow. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> however, if I'm willing to sit there and say, listen, God's in this, then he will be, you yes. know, and I and like you just said, that synchronicity, I can, and that causes me to stop mm-hmm. and say, and and at my next stop, say, where would I have been, or what person would I have not touched if not for that traffic jam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, who who can I be looking for to be following that quiet, still, small voice that the that 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 the spirit was leading me into yeah. um, in this moment, and whether or not. The spirit caused the traffic jam for me to go and talk to the the Starbucks barista. You know who that's up for grabs. However, <laughs> um, I do believe when I do stop because I believe that um, when I do listen to the spirit in that moment, and I do look at the Starbucks barista and say, "How are you doing today? Yeah. You look tired," mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. something of that nature. It is God in that mm-hmm. moment. You know, it, it, there is the spirit of truth. It is the Christ. Yeah. Communing between the two of us, and 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 it has to do with like what you just said. Um, 
we just skip those things. Yeah, we do. We, we don't look, we don't look for them. Um, we, but it's because we don't have that muscle, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't put it into our experience, our prayer practice or our just, you know, our experience of connecting with that throughout our days yeah. or whatever. No, is. I totally agree. My therapist always says, she says, whatever you look for, you're going to find it. Like she always says that. Cause I get, um, anxiety quick, easily. Um, and so she will often say, well, if you're looking for something to go wrong, it probably will. And I was like, my, like true to form, my first few sessions, I was like, what does she know? (laughs) And then I was like, wait a second. Like if I can apply this to what I, what we're just saying right now, like what if I start looking for good? And sure enough, I'm seeing good everywhere suddenly. And I almost don't even have space to worry anymore after different sessions. Right. Um, and I also think, like you said, that muscle that we have to, we miss so many things and therefore I miss the divine in others. And if I can learn to see interruptions as an invitation to, no, 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 wait, maybe there's something here. Maybe this is here to teach me something. Maybe this is Christ talking to me. I'm not only Act, like putting in practice, accessing and understanding and communing with the divine. But I'm also in, pra- in practice of being present in this moment, which is what we always have. I just think this idea, like you said, that the after world, the after stuff is the thing that's plaguing us. Like that's the thing that's always on our brain as an evangelical upbringing. But to flip it and say, no, no, no. But if we're in a Christ-soaked world, it's now. Like incarnation is continually happening now. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like, sorry, I mean, let me just say that really fast. No, go I ahead. mean, I don't mean incarnation like, I'm not talking about like second lives. I'm not talking <laughs> like that. I'm talking um, seeing the divine in everything. You know what I mean? And realizing, oh my gosh, we live in this beautiful reality where the Christ essence is showing up all around me. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's eternal life. You know, mm-hmm. it is the kingdom of God. It is other... Religions call it enlightenment. You know, mm-hmm. it is the presence um, that we are offered at all times. And whether it's true or not, like I think I like what you were just saying, and just it, uh, kind of to keep harping on this, but I just think it is so important. Whether, you know, God created this moment for me to do that or not, that's it's a metaphor that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, God God wanted me to, to get blocked up today and so that I have to go over here. So let me open my heart to this mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. right now and open my heart, not just to this moment. Cause I'm be- definitely a big fan of like, stop and look around you. Yeah. Look at your, look at your son's hair, how it's, it's in the wind right now. Yeah. Look at the, look at the trees and the colors of those. But in, there's also the stop uh, and see how the Lord, how, how, how this movement, how this moment can move you to the possibility of where you can be touching somebody else right now mm-hmm. or even just be listening to those the small direction the, the small pointers that the spirit has for you whatever that's going to be whatever that wherever that's going to take you because that's eternal life yeah that is eternal life right now mm-hmm. and 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 that's one of the biggest tragedies um of humanity is that we don't we don't accept it mm. like you just said mm-hmm. we we live outside of eternal life yeah and to me that's very much the christ message yeah. um follow this and you will have eternal life mm-hmm. um and i also believe that there's a care uh, for after we are, after we have 
passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's that's something, but that's not always what Jesus was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he he was often talking about something that was happening, you know, right here. Yeah. And right now. And 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 you're you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. I'm missing it. And and that to me, that's the real essence of um the divine Christ, you know, the difference between the divine Christ and um, the human Christ, you know, the human Christ was able to say to everybody, here's the divine Christ. It's with you. Mm -hmm. And I, as surely as I am with you and it is available to you. And in fact, that's my command. Mm -hmm. Just touch the eternal life, Mm. just be a part of it. And that's so um, they beautiful that, that, that universal as, as our friend would say, or more your friend, the universal, um, became a particular. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Let's like, I want to end on this. Cause I, what you just said reminded me of this, of the universal and the particulars page 14, we wrote true light does not discriminate from the fine linens on the emperors to the tattered and dirt worn clothes on every beggar from the most majestic mountains to the smallest trickling streams. The light shines equally through all. True light illuminates the dark places, so all is unveiled with vibrant textures and hues. And in this, the kingdom bursts wide open, displaying the breadth of true life. With belief came a whole new family of God, being first born in and through the light with all of creation. They were no longer disqualified, but welcome. The word of the Lord.